Hello and welcome to the Emerald Games Cast episode 41. My I name is Noel. What? I have a thing this time you, before oh. you introduce us. The first episode. Wait, what episode is it? Uh, 41. 41. The, f- the f- first episode that's somebody's age plus 23 years the day after their birthday. Happy birthday, Alex. Happy birthday, Alex. It is the day after Alex's birthday. In the most convoluted way we could possibly what? congratulate him. That, th- thank you? That was, that, was, that was hard to follow. Yeah, well, hang on. I'm Janelle. And also with us is? I'm Alex. See, this is what happened. I was very confused. And first, I thought it was episode 34 for some reason. Uh, so I thought I will say the first episode that's somebody's birthday minus 10 the day after their birthday, which would have been easier to follow. I was just going to say the first episode since 40 that doesn't end in a zero. Well, yours are boring. Mine has to be. Okay. Mine's festive, okay. Mine's festive for the birthday. Yours is festive for the birthday. We're back. It's the Games Cast. It is October 15th. The year 2020, and how are you guys doing? I'm doing okay, but I, I, I've i got kind of a question for you. Okay. Is there any reason that you keep doing this repetitive nightmare joke over I, and I, over I, I and it. over I again? It. Are you talking about the podcast? That <laughs> oh. also. Oh. I, I didn't do the joke, let the, let the record show today. I was in the middle of saying with me is when this... This all started, so I, I, I wanted, I'm not testifying in this court. I won't, I'm not here for this. Okay. Well, I wanted to say happy birthday to you. Well, thank you. I appreciate and, that. And how boring is it if we're like every other podcast that just introduces people and then talks about a video game? No, 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 no. Well. Nolan has inspired me. Sure. To... Sure. I'm glad I could. Okay, it's, well. It's, it's important to, to find those little minor variations, but, you know. Overall, just like something we're going to talk about, things 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 can suck, and it sometimes feels like you're hitting a brick wall, over hmm. and over hmm. and over and over kinda again. Like kind of like your toad right now, Alex. Kind of like this big fat attitude. It's you. You have a birthday, and then you turn into a huge bunch. That's that's me. I'm I'm King Bunch. King Bunch. Well, King Bunch. If it makes you feel any better, I was gonna I was using this as a clever segue to lead into a video game. I was gonna do that with your hellish attitude. Ah. Oh wait, what's it? Wait, <laughs> Alex, you go. What? Oh, okay. Um. So, we got in touch with a very cool video game company called Supergiant Games, um, who actually sent us full disclosure. They sent us review codes for these for this game, uh, called Hades. And I was super excited about it because I was looking forward to Hades. I love Bastion. I think I said Bastion was on my runners-up for one of my games of the year, the year that Bastion came out. Um, and this is their most recent game. Uh, and it's a very similar style, if you've ever seen Bastion. It's an isometric, like, hand-drawn action game, I guess. But this is a dungeon crawler. It takes place, it uses Greek mythology, and the plot basically is you are Zagreus, the son of Hades, and you don't want to be in hell anymore. You're sick of being in the underworld, so you're going to leave. But your dad says no, and you're like, fuck you, dad, I do what I want, and you have to try to escape and basically fight your way out. And every time you die, you go back to the beginning, the room shifts and it starts all over. It has, in the biz, they call this a roguelike or a roguelite, depending on who you ask, but 
I've been playing it. Nolan, you've been playing a bunch of it. It, I don't think with, I, there's not a moment of hesitation in which I would not say that this is one of my favorite games of the year. Like, Hades is amazing in almost every capacity. It is gorgeous. It is super engaging. It does some really fun and creative things with its story. Um, voice acting is great. I You really get to know and love these characters in this world. And it's very, it's very poignant and, like, relevant to right now. And I'll talk about that later. But, Nolan, what are, what are your thoughts on it? I mean, you pretty much set it up. It's, it's, I have been playing roguelikes for a while. And, um, I think that I agree with you. I think this is like an absolutely excellent game. I have some things about it that make it not necessarily in the top ranks for me in terms of like my favorite roguelike game, but as an, as an action game, it's, really damn good and um i think that if you were to hear the pitch of this game it might not necessarily sound so unique because we've all played a lot of games wherein you deal with permadeath or at least temporary permadeath and you have to come back and sort of retry a procedurally generated mm-hmm. set of challenges over and over for me what stands out with hades is the way that it uses that structure to present itself narratively in a, in a way that I haven't really seen very many games in the genre do. So they pull a kind of clever trick that narratively, when your character dies, he gets sent back on this river of blood to his home and like has to wake up again and start again. And ev- everybody is aware that you are playing this game multiple times it's it's totally canonized rationalized in the world your main character isn't forgetting anything or resetting he knows what he died to he has his own frustrations and like there's this really interesting sense of downtime where after you finish a run you go back and you might be in the hub for three or four minutes you know you you like talk to everyone do a little debrief you know this this character hypnos in the beginning he'll say something like wow you know, you did you did pretty good against Theseus there your first time, but don't feel too bad. He's killed a lot of people, you know, just keep going at it. Oh, you totally died, didn't you? <laughs> or when you one of my favorites is if you um if you've previously gotten to like the third or fourth world or whatever and then on a run you die in the first one, the the characters will sort of like dance around making you feel better. Like Hypnos will be like, "Don't don't 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 feel bad that you died in in Tartarus. Everyone everyone has bad days. It's okay. Yeah. And Zagreus will be like, I can't believe I let that piece of shit get to me. He, he, <laughs> he, 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 he doesn't he doesn't cuss for the record. He well but, yeah. Um, he has this very refined. Like, everyone's very refined and British. They have like yes. a very they have nice voices and accents and a very British sense of humor too. Especially with the the rep, the repetition of everything. Um, and, uh, all that to say, like, the way that it's set up is it it uses the repetition as its structure in such a way that it avoids feeling feeling repetitive. Yeah. Um, and it, it will it will quite frequently even mix up the generation or mix up the, the like, shuffle of characters that you encounter on your way or even the order of rooms um, in a way that, that makes it feel fresh even when you're... I'm on my 15th 
run through the game right now and i'm i'm still feeling like every area is is new in some way each time um just when you start to get comfortable they throw something new at you to surprise you and it's a new challenge right yeah like there's one of my favorite elements is there is a boss one of the first bosses canonically has some sort of relationship with zagreus right and so she'll come up and be like, you're not going to get out this time. Every time you beat her, she'll be spiteful of the fact that you beat her. And you, when you beat her enough times, eventually she gets replaced by one of her sisters who has a different pattern and a different like way of speaking and communicating with Zagreus, different relationship with Zagreus that you have to try to like navigate. Like, But on the way to that replacement, that character, the first one, her name is Meg, She'll she'll start so in 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 the beginning of the game she is is like semi enthusiastically waiting outside your chamber and she's like, are you ready for another go? You gonna get me this time? You know she'll kind of she'll kind of goad you on. The the more you go, the more that when you encounter her, she starts saying things like, why are you still doing this? Yeah. You know that you're not going to get out, and you wh- where is this optimism coming from? And you'll, you'll you'll go back to the hub world and she won't be out of your chambers anymore she'll be she'll be in the lounge like quietly drinking staring into her glass just 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 dreading the prospect of having to go back out and deal with you again yeah it's just a job and, to her right she doesn't have any like resentment she's doing her job and Zagreus sees himself as doing his job I feel like she has resentment but that's a different that's a different conversation yeah but well okay it, yes it, there it, is resentment but it, like it happens with with, with, with several characters like you they they all have their own character arcs that happen within the hub and without as you sort of go through your power curve it's, as well it's so amazing you're, you're sort of unlocking a story mode as you as you play it's amazing i've mm-hmm. never seen a roguelike that does that and canonizes that and does it so well like the thing with super giant games is they all seem really simple on the outside but the devil is in the details right and i'm gonna give you a very minor story example one of the characters that you have the chance to meet every time you do a run is, um, oh shit, I forgot his name. Boulder. He pushes the boulder up the hill forever. Sisyphus. Sisyphus, yes. You meet Sisyphus, and Sisyphus is just this super chill dude who's like, oh, don't don't worry, Zach, you'll get there someday, and he'll help you out. He'll he'll give you stuff. And if you see him multiple times, you're like, man, this this guy's a real this guy's a real icon, right? Because we're doing the same thing. We're both endlessly pushing against this force that we can't really hope to be. The game kind of is like, you know, the big text that shows up every time you die is, there is no escape. Like, it tries to hammer that home, and in almost a weird, backhanded, encouragement way, it's like, you'll never make it out, and that just gives you more drive to do it. But you end up meeting uh, Sisyphus a couple times. And the first time you meet him, it's like, oh, he's just this super chill dude who's really figured it out, right? He's got his lot in life together, and he's just rolling with the punches. And later on, the more you talk to him, he'll start introducing you to his only friend, the boulder, who is named Boldy. And, like, you have the option to talk to the boulder, and you start to realize, oh, wait, he's not an icon. He's not someone I should look up to. He's lost his mind, and he can't go back, right? And then at one point, Megara, the character who we were talking about earlier, will say, you're just like Sisyphus. You are doing this meaningless task over and over and over again, and getting nowhere with it. And you know you're going to get nowhere with it, but you still keep doing it. And then Zagreus gets resentful of that. And then, in a metatextual way, you realize, wait a minute, not only is this game the labors of Sisyphus, where you are just resisting this boulder and doing an impossible task, that's kind of like every game. 
right? Like, you're not going to get anything out of playing any game, but you do it because you find the intrinsic value of it, right? Just like how Sisyphus has found the intrinsic value of, you know, doing what he needs to do and befriending this boulder and Zagreus realizing, oh, he's lost his mind in the process, right? And there's so many little character traits like that, right? Like, you meet different characters on your runs and find out more about them and more about the world and they all have this really interesting like meta commentary on not just the game and the labors that you partake in in the game but video games as a whole as being this sort of like meaningless pursuit that you have to try to find joy in you know and i think it's really poignant for me especially and i'm not the first person to write this i think patrick klepek wrote a really beautiful article about this but it's very poignant now because, you know, we're in quarantine or, you know, attempting to quarantine, right? Um, there's a lot of repetition. Like, you get used to the same thing over and over and over again. And every day is just another, like, trial, right? Every day is another hurdle for you to tackle. Even if it's the same hurdle with, like, a little minor changes in there, you just got to push through it, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it's... I can talk about how beautiful it is and how good the the soundtrack is. But for me, I think that's the most interesting thing is how much the story resonates, not just in general, but right now, right? And how it's just this this idea that you can, you can do it, right? There is an escape and you will get there eventually. You just got to keep working on it. And we just have to like keep pushing ourselves to make the best of what we have and learn more every day and just just keep going right and that's kind of the sentiment of the game too is like just keep going and it's a very long winded roundabout way for me to say that i really get a lot out of this game and it's one of my favorite games of this year i would strongly recommend you play it um yeah, I mean, that's all I have to say. Janelle, I know you, you never got around to playing it, but you did watch a bunch of it. Uh, did you have any thoughts or observations or anything, or Nolan? Um, nothing more than what you guys have already said, really. I'm going to get to playing it. I've had a weird week, but, um, yeah, I don't have anything really insightful to add other than just that it is gorgeous. I know you briefly touched on that, but this game is fucking beautiful. Yeah, and it's all hand-drawn. It's... Yeah. Which is Which is wild. Uh, oh, it's also full of a lot of sexy twunks, if you're into that thing. You talk to the Greek gods, and they're all... Well, not all. Most of them are hot. Everyone's super horny for uh, the wine god, and, of course, the goddess of love. Uh, but those two in particular. But every, everyone's got a thing for each goddess or god that you meet. <laughs> it's got... Uh, all, all I was going to say, I, I think you summed it up beautifully, that... This idea of finding the intrinsic value in games you play in general, I, I hadn't thought of it from that angle yeah. at all. And I really feel like that was a, a very insightful way to put it. And the only thing I would say about that is that the intrinsic value of Hades uh, has got to lie at least partially in its just pitch perfect masterpiece top down combat. God, yes, that it's we so haven't... much fun really said anything about um but we've said this game is a roguelike uh it, it it's it's combat is essentially like a top-down beat-em-up with rpg elements you just well isometric a, but yes 
isometric, yeah. You, you, you just have a light attack, a heavy attack, and a special cast ability, and a dodge. So the, the whole thing is relegated only to the four face buttons, um, plus you can unlock, like, summons later. But what mixes it up is what the game calls boons, which are essentially, like, small character modifiers. Like, you'll get something where, say, your light attack uh, does 20% more damage as well as doing knockback. And so that in of itself will be its own small boost. And those are all random. They're all random. But then you get to stack these. So when you find a modifier, you get to choose between three of them. And you can cross-check it with your your current list. And you'll you'll get to be really creative with the builds. Because, like, say you have that one that adds 20% damage and then does knockback. Well... Maybe you get a, another boon that says all of your boons that do knockback damage also do this special effect on top of it. And so you stack that up. And then you get one that says, okay, all of the ones that do this special effect add extra knockback or something like that. Pretty soon you're like jumbling this build together that is just sort of like cascading upon itself to the point where when you get a good run in Hades... For me, the most exciting thing is, like, messaging Alex and telling him about all of the boons that I had. Like, oh, I had, um, I had, uh, Artemis's arrow, and then I had a special ability that made it cast two times the speed and did knockback, and then knockback put weak on it, and all characters that had weak got hit with doom, and it all adds up, and it, and you can, you can feel it. Like, when you get a good run, you can feel it a few chambers in, and Mm -hmm, it's, it's, mm -hmm. it's incredibly exciting in a way that even... Like, my favorite roguelikes, like Spelunky, don't end up being. Um, It's marvelous. Yeah, canonically, it's really fun, too, because it's, you know, the gods of Olympus are like, wait, uh, uh, Brother Zeus has been keeping our nephew away from us, hidden away in the underworld. We gotta help him get out, and he can hang out with us on the mountain and be be a real god. Uh, And so they will come and give you the boons, like I was saying, where they give you minor things. like, And they all have their different characteristics, right? Like, Zeus has a... uh, a lightning bolt that will like at- like zap between other people. Artemis has critical chance. Um, Demeter has ice for some reason, even though she's like the goddess of harvest. Uh, and they'll get like angry and jealous at each other too. If you take too many of one one character's boons, or if you reject one character's boons, then they'll like fight you briefly. And then maybe if you're lucky, decide oh you did pretty good. I'll give it to you anyway. Or they'll just, like, they, get mad and not give it to you for the rest of the, the round. Or they have some some fun relationships. Like, all, all of the Olympian gods, of course, are up on Mount Olympus. But, like, the messenger Hermes is a messenger. So he has to come to the underworld frequently. And he has to deliver things and often people, like, to the boatman that crosses the river Styx. And so you'll encounter him. And he'll have different things to say, and he, like, kind of is a lot more casual with you because he's just sort of part of your routine in a way, whereas, like, um, Dionysus and stuff will will have a totally different way of speaking to you. Uh, Or, like, if you have a boon from Aphrodite's already, like, you get it, and Dionysus will, like, the first thing he'll say is, like, how was it running into Aphrodite down there? You know, like, it, 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 it's just... They're keeping track of so many things in that game that's happening, and so it, it feels very fresh all the time. I have never yeah. heard the same, like, full written line of dialogue twice. And I am, like, 25 hours into this game. And I have, and I don't think I will 
I, I would be shocked if I heard the same... Besides, like, the little things that maybe Zagreus will say or, like, grunts or whatever, I have never yeah. heard the same Olympian say the same thing twice. I've never heard Hades say the same thing twice. Any of the people in the House of Hades that you go to after each run never heard them say the same thing. They're all voiced. There is so much game in this game. <laughs> also, m minor spoilers, but I just unlocked a fishing minigame. 25 what? hours in. Yeah, there's a fishing minigame in it. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm dead serious. Well, I'm excited now. I love fishing minigames. 25 hours in, they decide to give me a fishing game to give me more. <laughs> and there's like, there's like a secret dating sim in there, kind of. Like, oh, there's just so much to this game. And it, it is well, just, it is beautiful. It is fun to play. It is a very interesting and engaging story. It is absolutely worth your time and money. And it's one of my favorite games of the year, I think. Real quick, before we drop the, the <laughs> Emerald Games cast official review here. Uh, earlier I said something about it not having some elements of roguelikes that I really look for, and I just wanted to say really quickly what those were. Oh, right. Not that it takes away from my absolutely adoring this game. To me, a lot of the absolute best roguelikes, like, um, Spelunky, or Into the Breach, or Dead Cells, for some examples, they all follow a rule that every single object and every thing in the game is an object for the record that counts items weapons characters npcs everything everything follows the same rules and nothing is excluded from that rule set so for example in spelunky you can pick up an enemy the same way you do an item the same way you do an npc the same way you do a body and all of them will behave the same way depending on what you do with them because of the structure of Hades, Hades does not get to follow those rules. So the gameplay of Hades is restricted essentially to the combat and then very predictable things within the combat like pushing enemies into traps. Whereas in a game like Into the Breach, you can use enemies to counter, you know, other enemies or trick them into behaving weird ways. Or like in Spelunky, you could use a body as a shield or, you know, you, so there's more room for creativity. I don't think Hades necessarily has a lot of emergent gameplay creativity in it, but it doesn't mean that it isn't an amazing game. So I just feel like it's, to me, it's a rogue light instead of a rogue light. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's also that's because... All, that's all I would say. It's also because, like, you keep your progress to an extent, right? Yeah. Not only do you get items that help you very slightly improve over time, but, like, like we said, your progress is canonized. Characters will, will yeah. goad you about not getting far enough or needing to get farther or, like, keep at it, lad, or, you know, whatever. Yeah. If but... I had to pick one other thing that... And this is an issue with a lot of Supergiant games is sometimes the readability is a little difficult because these games look gorgeous, but it's also sometimes hard to tell, like, you know, oh, does this area hurt me? Is this part of the background? Is this... Sometimes yeah, enemies yeah. will, like, meld into this beautiful, like, hand-drawn world. Um, which is yeah. sort of like, you know, I guess in some ways they shot themselves in the foot with that. I don't know if that's the term I'm looking for, but like, you know, that, that is an issue that's probably pretty difficult to overcome. Yeah. Well, I say A plus and that we should move on because yes. I feel bad because Janelle hasn't had a chance to play the game and we've probably just been talking your ear off over here. <laughs> no worries at all. Okay. Well, some other things happened this week. We've all been waiting for news on the PS5. And, uh, well, we got a little, a little drip. I'm going to call it a little drip of news. Sony did that thing 
this morning where you keep people interested by giving them just some something to latch onto that doesn't <laughs> doesn't really matter. And uh, we 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 got the menu interface. We got the UI today of the PS5. I've been actively looking forward to this for quite some time. Hey, me too. So I'm on your stoked. side. I was pretty stoked about this. What did you think? Um, I couldn't help but think that it looks a little bit. Um, parts of it remind me of playing games on my phone. <laughs> really? Okay. Um, only parts, but. My main thing, and I know this is kind of stupid, is I wonder how it'll adapt to uh, cool backgrounds. Oh, like, themes? Yeah, because mm, like the yeah. things on my PS4 that I like the most make use of the, the big boxes. Mm-hmm. And they're all just kind of slammed up into a corner. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. But um, there, there were a lot of things that they shared with yeah. us. So, so we should talk about like what these things are that's different from PS5, PS4. Yeah, Um. So they started with showing us some menus inside of a game. They were playing Little Big Planet. Uh, playing or Sackboy's Adventure. Yeah, yeah. whatever. Little basically, big, basically. Little Big yeah. Planet Mini. Um, <laughs> and they introduced these things called cards. Is mm-hmm. that what they were? Yeah. Cards, which have like a handful of things that they do. One of the cards you could click on to see news from the publishers that you follow. And in this case, it was, you know, from them. Um, little cards that give you challenges? Uh, they basically keep track of stuff that's happening in the game. So, like, you'd have a, the, the the cards, like, update with the game. So they were on a world map. They were on basically a level select. And the, the cards showed all of the nearby levels and, like, what percentage completion they had. Yeah. And you could click on any of the cards in the menu, and it would basically bypass the game's selection and just throw you right into that level. Well, I don't think it was even just for full levels. Like, it was also for smaller parts of levels. Yeah, well, w- like once they games, were I guess. in the level, the cards would update, and yeah. they would show things within the level. Like, one of the examples was uh, they were looking for a, a hidden item, and the card showed that they hadn't found it yet. Mm-hmm. And they showed that if you have PS Plus, which, I, I, that's kind of a weird restriction. You have to have PS Plus for this feature, kids. You can <laughs> click the card... And you can get screenshots and videos that give you hints for the game. And the way they framed it is they said so that you can get hints in the game without looking up online and risking spoilers. Yeah. Yeah, that was, that was weird like to a... me. Yeah, I, I thought that was a little weird too. I don't think that is the sort of thing that would be useful for any of us. But I could see where that would be useful. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't like those little cards because I don't... I don't know. I don't want to know how much progress I have left or, like, what I haven't found in a game, right? Yeah. It would even say estimated time. Like, it would, he went over to a level, and it said about 10 minutes of gameplay left. Yeah. Um, I guess I'd worry about accidentally having that happen to me. Like, I was thinking if I were playing a game like Bloodborne or something. That was the one I was thinking of. And too. I would hit the home button, and it would say, you haven't found the... the uh, I can't think of a Bloodborne item, but it would say, like, the name of an item and let me know that I hadn't found it. And I'd be thinking, I, I didn't even know that was here. Like the umbilical cords in Bloodborne. Yeah, I, or, or maybe, like, if it, you're in an area and it says, oh, you have, you know, 10, 15 minutes and four chambers left of this world. I, I, didn't, I don't want to know that information when yeah. I just hit the button to check my achievements. And so I'm hoping there's a way to turn that off. Or maybe that, you know, they talked a lot about spoilers in this video, so maybe they have a way... Well, almost certainly they have a way for developers to flag things as, you know, don't yeah. don't show this without the player knowing about it or something like that. Well, 
Definitely, because when they were showing us, like, how you could chat with people in parties, mm-hmm. they did say that if you share a screenshot from certain games that the that the developer says, like, would be a spoiler, they will cover it for the people who haven't gone to that part in the game yet. And you have to choose to click on it, which I yeah. thought was very cool. Which is which is tech that we've kind of already had, because um, Persona 5 comes to mind. Persona, mm-hmm. Persona 5 was flagged in a certain way, so that if you, if you were streaming from your PS4... Once you got past the first couple hours of that game, it they uh, at like a system level it disabled the streaming ability on the PS4. Well, they just turn off the, were... the HDMI compliance. I forget what that term is, but it's the same thing when you stream something on your PS4, like through like Disney Plus or uh, Netflix or any of those. They will like yeah. make it so you can't capture that footage. And when I when I um, messed around with game capture, I had to flip that toggle yep. all the time because i would want to go watch youtube on my ps4 and it would be like your hdmi compliance is turned off i'm like oh, oh shit go turn that and then i'd go record and turn it back on so if, if they could streamline you know that kind of thing that'd be nice but yeah what what else was there i i liked that you can watch one of your friends streaming a game while playing your own game just like down in the corner mm-hmm. i thought that was fun and how it seems like they want to make it really easy just to play games with friends. Mm-hmm. Like, it... I mean, heck. He he went from Sackboy's Big Time or whatever to um, Demolition Derby, basically. And what like, was that game called? I don't know. It's that, it's that uh, like... The, the car vehicular thing yeah. looking. Yeah. yeah. But, like, he went from... He just switched between games in, like, a second. It was amazing. Yeah, the the well, the load times are the big thing that they've been talking about um, mm-hmm. with their mm-hmm. SSD and CPU combo. They've really been hyping that up in particular, and I feel like they pushed that in this presentation too with the yeah. quick swapping, like you're saying. Yeah. And um, it was, it, it, I like it was impressive, but the presentation was I just felt a little underwhelmed. I thought this kind of just to me it looks a lot like the ps4 but smaller you know the ps4 has these these one 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 by one squares in the center of your screen that you just scroll horizontally through and then you can push the down button to go to game info or the up button to go to like system uh Mm -hmm. options and even that is just sort of an evolution of ps3 with the cross media bar where everything was about, like, the intersection between X and Y axis. You'd be sliding around between two axes. They're kind of still doing that. It just keeps getting smaller. And and it doesn't seem like that new. But at the same time, I think about it more, and I think, why do you got to reinvent the wheel? Like, it it already works. I I do like that they put games and media in separate levels. We didn't Mm -hmm. get to see the media level, but, um, you know, the PS4 just got folders, like, what, within the last year, I think? Yeah. That took forever. So I think it's really nice to just have those separate because I hate my home screen being messy and I hate having to go to a thousand different things to, like, go to Netflix or whatever. Yeah, and I, I love having a folder called Yakuza with every mainline every Yakuza, Yakuza game, game installed yeah. ready to launch. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so here, here's my thing. I fucking hate the PS3's menu. It is slow. It is unwieldy. It is... Wait, do you mean three? I mean three. I mean three. Three. Okay. I hate three so much. Four is not much better. It's the same idea that was very gradually evolved. Five seems like the same idea, just a very slight evolution. 
of that. I think fours is nice. What's your what's your problem with fours? I get three. Three was pretty slow. Three was but... sl- slow, and it was also just like it was the the whole like you know how Nolan talked about the difference between the vertical and horizontal access, yeah. right? It's like you have to scroll along a bar. Not everything is not just there for you to see. It's like yeah, it's 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 really it's really more like it's more like one x axis and like twelve y axis. Yeah, yeah. And you have to be on the right. You have to scroll over to the right part of the bar and then go up or down. You aren't allowed to just go through a, a list of icons. Yeah. So not only does it just run poorly on the the system, the PS3 control, the the PS3 UI. I mean, it's it's unwieldy and and not pleasant to look at. The PS4s runs better, but it's the same basic idea of, like, everything is not there on the screen. You have to kind of, like, move around this, this unwieldy menu, right? I, I actually better. like the PS3s. I like the PS3s better, personally. And I know that it ran slower, but on the PS3, those axes, everything was, 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 was categorized. So, like, you would be on... You're on the game part of the bar. And so that means that you're... Basically, basically, left and right changed categories. Up and down changed items in the category. So if you go to the systems axis, okay, now everything up and down, you're scrolling through systems. You're on the games, everything up and down, scrolling through games. You click into a folder, that's up and down scrolling as well. Mm-hmm. You always knew where everything was. The PS4 one, and to an extent, looks like maybe PS5 also, it seems to be based more on like recency. So whatever you have opened most recently is just on the far left of the scroll. And then the stuff you haven't eventually gets shuffled back out. And you'll have to go into your library to find those things. But um, the thing about that is that if you are kind of jumping around between games, or especially if you're like watching something on Netflix or YouTube in between stuff, then every time you open the menu... You kind of have to take a second. Everything's in a different place. Like, okay, where's my video apps right now? What, where, where did those go? Oh yeah, I played Tony Hawk and then Spelunky. So it's four. It's like four spaces down now because the store and the what's new that go all the way over there. So that's fine, but it it's not like instant. You don't just open it and go. Okay, two spaces up, one to the right. I'm there. So I like for ease of use. I think four can be kind of bulky in a way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's fair. I but think, I don't know. I think it looks nice. Yeah, it, it does. It does. Nice. And I'll never hate anything as much as I hate the PS3's UI. So there's that. <laughs> you know what was funny is Sony was so proud of the PS3 UI. Like, I like I don't, I don't know if you guys know this, but every Sony Blu-ray player released in that generation used the cross media bar as well. Oh, really? Like this the sa- the same one. It just didn't have the PlayStation waving in the background, but they all use cross media bar. The, the PSP had the cross-media bar also. So, like, oh, yeah. all at once, they just put everything on the same UI, their entire host of electronics. Yeah. <laughs> and then, yeah. then most, most, you know, and you're right, it was really slow. Most people were like, hey, this is sluggish as hell. Mm-hmm. And it was. I'll admit that. Too, way too often, you push into a category, and you just watch the wheel spin for, like, 35 seconds. Yeah. yeah. But... I don't know. I'm so excited for the PS5 that I'm just taking anything I can get. I wanted to mention the store because this oh, is yeah, yeah. this is big to me. They said the store is no longer an app that you open. The store is just part of the home screen. Yeah. You know? That's why they had to rework it so you can't access the what is it? Like the PS4 and the PS3 store or is it just the yep. PS3? It's PS3. Okay. PS3, PS3 Vita. Yep. 
PSP. Yeah, those three yeah. Are, are getting taken, which which sucks because the Vita store is is doesn't get updates anymore. Which means that there are games that are out on the Vita that if you open your Vita and search them on the store, they won't show up. You actually have to go on your computer and go to the PlayStation Store website, buy a Vita game, and then go to your download list on your Vita and download it. But now they're closing that part of the site, which means there's going to be a subs- I mean, who, nobody knows the amount because Sony sure as hell doesn't care. There's going to be a substantial amount of digital-only Vita games that are straight up going to disappear because of this. They won't you won't oh, be able yeah. to find them, even though they're on the store, even though they have been released and are should be available theoretically. Welcome to the future of digital media. You own nothing. Yeah. Everything <laughs> is just long-term rented. They can take it away from you at any time you want. It's like the Scott Pilgrim thing. Like they just this game's just gone. It's no. just you just cannot get it because some the higher powers deemed it that you cannot own it. So yeah, but. Yeah. Uh, just real, real speedy. Uh, I think the most important thing that you guys completely forgot is that we heard the startup sound revealed in a Burger King, oh, yeah. in a Burger King commercial. On a, on oh, yeah. Twitter. On a Burger King tweet. The Burger yeah. King himself opened up a box of Burger King and it played the, the opening UI sound. Who else would it be? That idiot clown from McDonald's? It has to be the king. Yeah. Ronald? That, that idiot Ronald? Idiot that foolish clown. clown. I like the startup sounds. You do. I like all of them. You guys were complaining about some of them the other day or something, and I thought, nice, stupid. These are nice little jingles. <laughs> but some jingles well, are more nice than others. I like this jingle. I, I'm not complaining. Like, I like it just fine. But let me ask you this. what, like, When you think of the PS1 and 2 and 3, like you can hear that, right? Well, yeah, of course. Like, can you hear the PS4 sound in your head? Yeah. What does really? it sound like? Because I, because I, because I, I can't. Yeah, I'm with you, Dylan. Well, it sounds like beep. See, that's like just like like it, but it has a melody, right? Like there is a well, UI melody. Well, not if you change your theming. Oh, that's a good point. So my theme is not the same as the original theme. So no, it's fair. The the opening theme stays the same, doesn't it? Hmm. To me, what it sounds like, it just sounds like broom. Like yeah, it's just, just sort of like well, now I want flops out onto the screen, right? Oh, God. It's really going to bug me if I don't hear it. But right when you now. think of PS2, you think of that the, all, all those awesome towers and squares and the big yeah. boom. This, it's like this mechanical cacophony. It somehow sounds really yeah. good. Or like the, the PS1's like digital noise well, that sounds amazing that like the ps1 it sounds like it sounds like a a, a a bunch of white noise coming into like someone turned a dial and brought it into focus it's like wow it's so no, nice but it's so much longer than that and like more powerful this might be a hot yeah. take but i'm not super into the ps3's <laughs> opening oh the symphony tuning it's gorgeous oh, i like it it's beautiful I like luxury. I think it's stupid, but I also think it's cute that when you put the PS5 to sleep, it shows like a stupid image <laughs> of a PS5 on the screen to remind you that it's going to bed. Like a high quality <laughs> render of the PS5 on yeah. your PS5. That that just reminded me of my of my the thing I like to say when you talk about your brain, your brain talking about a brain. Stop. That's what the PS5 does when it shows the PS5 on the screen. <laughs> Damn. Damn, that's true. Well, I What's up? <laughs> I was gonna let you. I was gonna let you say it. No, just you know. Here's the thing. Somehow, a stupid 11 minute video about a UI made me made me decide that I'm gonna buy a 4K TV <laughs> when I buy my PS5. Is it because they talked about 4K so much? Yeah. 
It works. Because it kept saying, this button that changes the volume is optimized for 4K. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, I should mention that you can take pictures in 4K. I should just maybe mention I it. I love maybe. when they say stuff like that. Like, we all know you're following a script. Yeah. Oh, I should j- I think we have enough time for a quick picture with the boys. <laughs> like, Okay. All right. Okay. We all know this was planned. The the 4K no thing. To... The 4K thing is weird to me because they've been pretty open about the fact that right now it's either, uh, and still, as of like the launch of the console, either uh, 4K and 30 FPS or 1080p and 60 FPS, and there are very few oh. exceptions to this rule. And personally, I would definitely prefer a faster frame rate and a yeah, me than too. 4K. So. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. I, I've never, I've never seen anything in 4K in my life. I don't. I mean, I look forward to the day You've that gone I do. Into a movie theater. But I don't. Do you guys? I guess yeah. Do you guys remember when 3D TVs were a really big deal? Oh. Well, when stores tried to make them a big deal. Yeah. Call of Duty Black Ops. Call of Duty Black Ops had 3D uh, mode. That's the only game I remember having it. The 3DS like... was built around that gimmick. Yeah. <laughs> I I just think that maybe if Sony had really gone in on that, we'd have. 4K 3D TVs these days. Immersion. I feel like every once in a while, Sony, Sony and Samsung together just like, well, not to, they don't do anything together, but you know what I mean. At the same time, they come up with some kind of thing like that. Like, like my my computer monitor is is curved. I like my curved monitor, but like who who thought of like no nobody on earth was going man i wish my monitor was curved <laughs> and then they just started coming out and then everybody was going curved monitors th- this is the future i mean in a vacuum it makes sense right because <laughs> it's like oh if you if your peripheral vision is also part of the monitor then it feels more immersive right i don't know well, how well that it, actually it, works but on paper not that's that the pitch. curved though well but I, I, you know but it's the same thing again with like t- like 8k tvs coming out it's like Nobody even has a 4K one yet. Yeah, it's too it's too early. You can't double. Yeah, you can't the number yet. It's but the future is now, old man. <laughs> I mean, I want an 8K TV. I I'd love one. The first 8K TV will soon go on sale for over a hundred and thirty thousand dollars. Jesus OLED. Christ! <laughs> oh. oh boy. <sighs> I hate I hate this. I oh wait, but there's one at Walmart. That's only three thousand dollars. Then it must. It oh, must be... only three thousand dollars! <laughs> what a sale! Is that the one that Tim Tim Rogers like tweeted the picture of a box of and said, "Time, I guess his guess I gotta replay Witcher three now." Yeah. <laughs> the the most the most gaming the most gaming banging tweet. You know, gaming banging tweet. I'm gonna take the Witcher as a jumping off point because please do. We got a viewer request. Um. It was a DM to me, and I do not have it on hand right now, but they were basically like, I, I they had a request for the show, they loved the show, first of all, and they wanted to know what some of the best games of the generation were, because as of quarantine, they've been playing and finishing more video games now than they ever have in their life. So they wanted to see what some really good games that they could pick up would be, uh, and that they should get on before the PS5, or and PS5 and Xbox One X, or whatever they're calling it, comes out. Boom, trick question. You buy PS5, play all of the games that come preloaded on it. Because it's all of the big hitters. If you have PS Plus. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Which you should. probably, probably will. Probably will if you have a PS5. I don't know. So, what are your guys' We should say 
we should say real quick, like, obviously it won't be a comprehensive list. Yeah. And also, it's only October right now. I think we will probably come back and do something akin to this as a, maybe even an episode, like, when the PS5 actually is a thing. Yeah. And Xbox. So, for now, we're just, it's just going to be, like, quick what comes to mind, but, you know, that's all I had to say. Yeah, no, totally. Okay. So. Do you guys have any games that come out as games of, and, and by a generation, we mean the Xbox One, the PS4, and I guess also the Wii U is in there, so. Yeah, it's going all the way back to, like, 2013 today. I have never, can we do 2014? Because that will really mess me up if we do, sure. if we started there. Sure. Thank you. I've never even sneezed near an Xbox One. So. <laughs> but have you? But have you been near one? No. Okay. <laughs> this is a comprehensive Sony list in my head. Okay. Okay. It divided in half. Okay. Early gen Bloodborne. They called it the Bloodborne box because it was the Bloodborne box. Late gen, The Last of Us Two. Comprehensive, The Last of Us Two. That's about as early and late as you can. Yeah, get. yeah. That's that's like right on the. That's the bookend. Call yep. it, call it, call it a swan song. Ignore all that shit in the middle. It's just these two. <laughs> Uncharted Four. Who cares? In 2014, I put down my controller after playing Bloodborne and said, "Guess I don't need to turn this thing on for <laughs> six years." So did many thousands Pretty. of people around America <laughs> because it was a Bloodborne box. It was because Bloodborne's a perfect game. But um, what about you, Nolan? I'll, I'll maybe give reasons later. I have a really bad headache, so I don't want to talk too much. Oh, fair enough. Fair enough. But um, well, if you want yeah. reasons for Last of Us Two, listen to our Last of Us Two spoiler yeah. cast, which is um, well, it's a, I think it's a good episode, but not unless you played the game first. I got an uh, a Twitter DM recently that actually called that episode out as one of that person's favorite episodes. Oh really? wow! Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. It's because I wasn't well, in it. I just bring the show down a lot, so you know. No. No. Okay. Um, I'm not gonna try and give like a like this is my one game of the generation. I think. Oh no! Just yeah, the stuff of that comes to mind, like Janelle, you mentioned Bloodborne. Listener, I did not play Bloodborne in 2014. I played Bloodborne in 2020. Still counts. This is this is a new game to me. Bloodborne is amazing. I think that Bloodborne is one of the best console games that I've ever played, and. I, I need you to know, listener, that when I picked up the controller in 2014 and tried to play Bloodborne, the reason that I didn't play it is because I said, I can't. I can't do this. It's too, it's too much for me. I can't even beat the basic enemies. And then I tried it again, like three years later, and I uninstalled it again on the on the Cleric Beast, if you know what that is. Listen, it's like, it's like the first optional boss. I uninstalled it on the Cleric Beast. It took me until 2020 to finally be like, not that I found the enjoyment of the game, but to finally go like, if I hit a roadblock, I am going to push up against it until I overcome it. Mm. And that that's what you have to do for that game. And if you do that, once you pass those first couple of hurdles, it's not that the game gets easier, but you're so much more equipped to meet that game on its terms that it becomes, like, this personal mountain climb. It's, like, the reason that people love Celeste so much. It's, that's, that's what it becomes. You're, like, I will surmount this shit. I will not be put down by this stupid Father Glacione. I hate that man. I never want to see him again <laughs> in my life. But it's amazing. 
and it, it, it actually playing playing Hades. Uh, I'll tell Janelle playing Hades on certain boss fights. Um, I'll say to her, I haven't felt that much adrenaline pumping through my veins since I played Bloodborne. Hey, my one experience with Hades is playing Animal Crossing across the <laughs> room while Nolan is like doing really well and having my own hands get sweaty because it was so intense at his computer. Yeah. So. And then what are yours, Alex? Because I, I know I have more, but I'm blanking, so I need you to so talk. A couple of mine I was wondering about, and I have two, and I'll get to those. The first thing that came to mind when they said Games of a Generation, though, was Doom 2016. Um, mm. that game is a masterpiece. It is a, it is a ballet of violence. It is just so, we're talking about adrenaline. Like that game, that game really gets the blood pumping. It's weird too, because I have a couple friends who play it and we're like, oh, I, I, I can't get it. I don't understand this game who play a lot of first person shooters. So I almost feel like you have to rewire your brain to play this game because it's like, you know, if you are playing the game, quote unquote, smart, you're playing it wrong, right? Like the game rewards you for being aggressive and fast and in in your enemy's face as much as possible, right? It is it is a fundamental like change from every other first person shooter format. Um, Metal Gear Solid Five is a technicality. I have a couple weird technicalities in there. Is it a technicality because it's technically the it came out stealth game ever created. Well, yes. I don't think this is fair. This did not come out. It came that's out in 2015. Well, so that's the question, it came out, right? It came out one in it came out one entire year after the release of the PS4. But it also it... came out on the PS3. But so did Persona 5 in 2016. And that's why just say that's why I didn't let myself have that on my list and I also told myself I could not choose Red Dead 2 because it's on PC. What that still that still counts. Look, yeah, what? That still counts. Uh, generation, that counts. Yeah. I know, but the PC's its own entity. I felt weird about it. No, no. Wait, what? No, that's doing, still. Doing, when I say the generation, I mean like the time span. Multi-platform Look, games still. I yeah. Needed to get in a headspace for this, and I got in it. Okay. Okay. Well, I'll say Red Dead Two for you. I'll say Red Dead Two. Red Dead okay. is my favorite. That game's game. that game, that's one of the best narrative experiences in a game that I've ever had since Red Dead One. <laughs> um, what are some of your other technicalities? Uh, my other technicality is Breath of the Wild because again, that com- on the opposite ah. cusp, on the opposite cusp of console generations, because this was a dual release for the Wii U and the Switch. You already counted Wii U in the beginning, though. I did, but also it came out on the Switch. So, like, do we? Does that? You know, but that game's a that game's a masterpiece. You don't need me to tell you that. You've probably seen that on every single video game site, and they're all right because it's it's amazing. Um. I have to I have to second MGS five because that that game is is brilliant. Yeah. And look, it's mechanically it, it, it's just so much fun. Yeah. Ko, Kojima is like his own beast, and you need to. Um, nobody will blame you if you don't like Kojima. Is what I will say. If you look at MGS five and you go, "That's that's not for me," then you're probably right, and that's fine. Yeah. But if you have any interest, give it a try. It's. It's the most, it's like the most fun, I think it's the most fun game that he's Absolutely, made. Absolutely, yeah. It, it, it really yeah. masters the, the. It, it's one of the best open, that and Breath of the Wild are actually two of the best open world games I can think of off the top of my head. So, that was a good year, that was a good generation for open world games. And, I... Janelle, you were ragging on the, the Xbox One earlier, not that it's unwarranted, but I figured I'd throw it a bone with another technicality, and that's the Rare Replay Collection. That game, that list of Ooh. games is really good, but again, these games came out anywhere from... 1985 to 2006, right? I refuse to let that count. That's absurd. That's the other thing, yeah. I don't know if that counts. What were you about to say? I was going to say that 
I think we can all agree on the game of the generation, and I am not saying best game of the generation, just the most this generation game of the generation, which is Death Stranding. Yeah. I can't think of another game that's more of its generation. Death Stranding is so uniquely a game that came out in 2019. Yeah, it sure. Is. I'll take it. Yeah. yeah. It's great. It's great. And I, and, I, and I will say, it's also an incredible game, and you should not just look at it as an oddity, but, like, it's genuinely yeah. good. And you'll cry. Two really quick runners-up. I could. I just have to get these out of the way. Kentucky Route Zero is a beautiful video game, and uh, Spider-Man is very, very fun for the PS4. Yeah. Okay. I have a runner-up, too. Okay. Persona 5. Yeah. Right. Yeah, if, if we're gonna count weird cusp games, then we have to count Persona 5, yes. right? Like That's not a... That isn't, I don't think it's a cusp game. It came out in 2016. It was, it was very much... The only reason it came out on past consoles as well is because its anime art style is not very taxing graphically. I think, mm. like, that was one of those things where they were just like, yeah, we can throw this out here but i feel like if it came out three years into the generation it should yeah. it should count yeah um i haven't beaten royal or even come close to beating royal but already royal is better already yeah. wow yeah yeah, yeah. It, like right out the gate is it better. not just the same so, game with minor changes pretty drastic changes from what i've seen so far but i'm only a couple hours ah, okay it. it's got a whole new whole new character a couple new dungeons yeah the beginning is the same but completely different. i always thought it was it has a, like a hub, a hub world i always thought now. it was a pokemon situation where it's like oh there's the the two and then there's the 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 supreme version right mm. yeah no i thought it was going to be like that too but that is not looking like the case okay cool um man. so we're re- i what's up Mom? hold on hold on hold yeah, on. yeah. i games games that deserve to be in your consideration but that we don't have time to talk about resident evil 2 remake oh yeah yeah i have not even Incredible. got close to finishing that game but i really like what i played of that game yeah yeah um man i know that there's more this is one of those things um where it's like the the gosh dang ending of high fidelity when the reporter asks like nick what all his favorite records are <laughs> and he keeps he keeps he keeps calling her like every day, and he's like, "Wait, I forgot th- th- this one needs to go at number nine. That's me right now. I, there's so many I want to." Uncharted Four is say. fucking dope. It's great. It's so fun. Oh man. Oh fuck. God of War is so fun. Horizon Zero Dawn is have fun. <laughs> Pretty good. Pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um, that's that that probably about covers it. And when I say covers it, I mean there are there are dozens of games that I would excitedly think of that i'm not right now yeah. so there's other games we haven't played too like none of us have played half-life alex yeah. which is apparently great but that's that you need a pc and a vr rig for that so good luck yeah yeah i'm i'm, I'm playing all kinds of s- stupid shit right now <laughs> like a like train sim what am i doing playing train sim you're Listen, living your best life you tell, what you're you doing. tell me he's looking at multiple train sims a day don't let him confuse i want to know what the best bang for my buck is <laughs> I want to drive a train. I want and one day he played three different sub games and refunded three different sub rooms. It's true. It's true. I played I played U-Boat. I played Silent Hunter 3 Grey Wolves. And I played Silent Hunter 4 Trigger Maru Overhaul. And I only kept Silent Hunter 4, listener. That's your recommendation if you want a sub game, I guess. See, that's wild to me because I, I've literally just been playing Hades. I've played nothing but Hades over the past like couple weeks. And I, I have With a hard time saying, imagining anyone else playing anything else because that game is just so addicting and so much fun. All I'm saying is that trains are cool and I really want to drive the Amtrak Cascades line and nobody has made that into a video game yet for some reason. So God, why not? Yeah, why not? But that's the game's generation 
and and quick. Do we have time to rapid fire Probably games of 2012? Not, unless we really want to. I don't even know what game came out that year. What game? Hang on. Okay, we have one minute with like no exploit. You get like you get like 30 seconds. Okay, mine is Hotline Miami. Okay. Really? Yeah. Okay. Hotline Miami is Wait, one of my favorite is... games of all time. So yes. Wait, somebody explain what's happening to the listener while I Every look up the list. Every week we do the best games of a given year. We started in 1995. Today we are in 2012. And we just do basically our game of the year for that. The year. correct answer okay. for 2012 is Hotline Miami, but continue. There, okay. There are two correct answers. <clears throat> one is Journey. Oh, one shit, yeah. Is, one is Dishonored. Oh. Uh huh, yeah, yeah. 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 Oh, then one is Animal Crossing New Leaf. Oh, yeah. Oh, shit. Okay, you want to know mine? Yeah. Okay, I have two. Okay. Dishonored. Yeah. Incredible game. Yeah. Okay. Persona 4 Golden. Yeah. Incredible game. That's it. Journey's up there for me, too, actually. <laughs> That's also a very Journey's good game. Really Journey's good. such a good game. Mikami HD. Play that. It's fun. I, I'll, I'll, sure. We'll take it. <laughs> it came out on the PS2, but sure. Far Cry 3. No, I'm just kidding. I don't even like Far, that Okay, game. Far Cry 3 is fun. I, I like <laughs> Far Cry 3. I wouldn't put it in my favorites, but I, I, I have a fond memories of Far Cry 3. Even I've though it's a little bit... so many. Even though it's a little racist. I like Far Cry Gator 3. Gator skin wallets. I think that I've... sums it up for the Fallout... Fallout 3? Far Cry 3. Far Cry 3. Far Cry 3 games cast. Yeah. Uh, can, we get, can we get Voss on as a guest? Yeah. He played Nacho. And Better Call Saul, get him on as a guest. Oh, I just love him. <laughs> oh, I just love that boy. It's, I felt like a grandma when uh, I said that. Oh, that boy. I yeah. just love I want to see. I want he's Voss the, to be a secret cartel member. I want Voss to be a secret member in uh, Hades, where he'll come up and be like, "Do you know the definition of insanity?" So you do the same thing no! over and over again and expect to change. I'm this show. We're tying okay, it back. Don't hit, don't don't hit stop. Don't hit stop. That was Emerald Gamescast episode forty-one. I have been Nolan. With me has been. I'm Janelle. I'm Ox. We didn't do names this And time. if you want to get us I on know. an email, you can do it at emeraldgamescast at gmail.com or on Twitter at ODEGamescast. Janelle, every week you have a different send-off. You can't just be Janelle. I have a headache. I'm Hades himself. Okay. <laughs> See you next week. <laughs>